Welcome to another edition of Baseball Chatter. I'm your host, Billy Lopez, alongside Jacob Tafoya and Lennon Lopez, as always. Today, we have a special guest with us, none other than longtime Angel fan and good friend of mine, Garrett Ostero, joining us to bring his insight for the LA Angels as well as all of the American League West. The four of us are going to break down the AL West top to bottom, and you will get our predictions at the end of this episode. And I can tell you, it's going to be a wild episode as well. What is going on with the Seattle Mariners' former president? Are they going to tank this year? What's going to happen with their prospects? Are the Astros the favorites in this division? Are the A's going to go back-to-back, or will the Angels find a way to make the postseason? Find out now on another edition of Baseball Chatter. So what is going on, guys? Lennon with us, Jacob with us as usual, and our special guest today is Garrett Osterode. Garrett. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, we know about you, but for the people at home listening in on this podcast, share a little bit about yourself, Garrett. Absolutely. Uh, Billy, Jacob, Lennon, pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Um, it's an honor to be able to, to chat, chat some baseball here today. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. Uh, Billy and I met a couple years ago uh, working um, you know, for FCA, uh, the SoCal Catch, doing that thing. Uh, Billy was doing his play-by-play thing. I was I was uh, working as a sports information director, doing uh, the writing and and uh, that kind of stuff, covering the team, kind of a beat style like that. That kind of led to me uh, going into um, that side of things for a little bit in college athletics. I worked at Holy Names University up in Oakland, California, uh, as a sports information assistant uh, while I was getting my uh, MBA degree, and then also. Went ahead and took a job after that, uh, doing some similar stuff at Grand Canyon University, uh, and graduated there from uh, with my MBA uh, about uh, eight months ago now. So now I'm just back in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, got a job selling mortgages now, so a little bit of a, a change of pace, but still really um, love you know being able to chat sports and it's my passion. Played a little college baseball myself, so uh, excited to yeah chop it up a little bit and. Uh, see what we can do here. Yeah, Garrett, you did. Uh, I remember talking to you about uh, your college days and things like that. And you did a, you did a similar piece kind of to what Kobe Bryant did with uh, kind of a basketball poem um, when he retired. Um, and you did one when you finished um, throwing the baseball around. But also, I think you were kind of like a, a little analytic college player. Would you throw the curveball like 90% of the time? When you're yeah, going out there, I did. Yeah, so I I didn't throw the ball particularly hard. Uh, maybe topped out, you know, mid or high seventies on a good day. So uh, just a left-handed reliever, just flip the curveballs in there. Um, honestly, yeah, my my senior year is probably ninety-five percent curveballs. So uh, had yeah. the big big twelve-six. You know, Rich Hill was my um, inspiration there. But I mean, not quite not quite that level. But um, that was kind of the goal. And not too long ago, you actually made your play-by-play debut. How was hey, that? I said, it was a good time. Um, my my old man, he, he coaches at Arizona Christian University. They needed someone in a pinch. Figured, you know, I watch enough baseball, listen to enough baseball that I could uh, fill in for a day. And it was a good time. I think I was a little nervous at first. So I was a little low energy, but um, I, I hit my stride, you know, fourth, fifth inning. I'd be, I'd be excited to do it again. 
Yeah, all it is repetition, repetition, repetition. Exactly. Um, so excited to have you on, excited to have you join us. And obviously we are breaking down the AL West today and Garrett joined us because he's a big time Angels fan. Um, yeah, when did your love for the Angels kind of begin, Garrett? Um, early on, I grew up in, in Orange County. I guess grew up. I mean, I lived there until I was about eight years old, but uh, that's when I first started going to baseball games, watching baseball games. Um, that's my first memories of baseball was at Angel Stadium. Um, so I, I think pretty early on, but it was really when I really started like becoming a huge MLB fan and Angels fan. I think that was probably 2014, the last time the Angels made the playoffs. And I was watching the games every single night. It was so much fun to watch like a winning team. Uh, so I can only imagine how you Dodgers fans feel. But um, yeah, just I just remember watching every single game that summer. And it was a blast. And I think that's when I really like became just a huge fan and um, have been ever since. They made, they made the playoffs? I don't remember that. They had the best record in the league in 2014. <laughs> I'm holding on to that still. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Well, thanks again. Um, let's jump into it. So I think we're going to start with the Seattle Mariners. Um, Jacob, do you want to talk about uh, – I mean, you kind of – you called me this morning and you were just itching to talk about uh, Kevin Mather, the former president. Uh, CEO of the Seattle Mariners and I guess what was it like some type of a rotary club uh, type banquet type podcast type weird thing he was on? doing an interview yeah he was doing an interview I don't know with who or for what reason but and then it, it was got leaked. madness it got leaked is that, what, is that what happened yeah so it was it was on February 5th that he did this and I think it was for a rotary club or something of that nature and the footage got leaked and story broke and he resigned and and that's how it went but uh Jacob why don't you tell us a little bit about uh well I already situation. I already I only saw the first five minutes because that's all I needed to see pretty much he just scratched the surface on service manipulation with certain prospects and players that he was touching on about uh what did you say you you had said something about um oh yeah he 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 leaked Kyle Seeger's uh, he, they were going to do a team option on him. It was his last season. He had said yeah. that. He was saying that Seager, Seager uh, is done after this year, even though he's got a team option at the end of this year, uh, indicating that they weren't going to pick it up. He said that he was overpaid. Um, said some derogatory things about players and, and their native languages and their needing to speak English and him not wanting to pay translators. Um, I mean, he said a bunch of stuff. He was dropping names, too, out there and saying, like, this prospect, he's not going to get called up on it. You won't see him on opening day. It doesn't matter what they do. Um, you won't see them till 2022, maybe 2023. All this crazy stuff. And, I mean, we're a year away from the collective bargaining agreement coming again. And this is just uh, fuel to the fire, I think, um, and giving the players' union uh, a big leg up here in, in – some type of negotiation process come, coming down the line, um, which I think service time is incredibly unfair to the players. Um, but we could spend a whole hour on that. Garrett, you want to chime in on that or anything about that? Yeah, I mean, he basically said, you know, Jared Klenick, uh, the number two prospect, according to MLB Pipeline, has no chance of making the team when he would, I mean, step right in there and be like, one of their best players, if not their best hitter. 
from day one. So, it's, I mean, it's pretty remarkable, just really just not trying to win games. Uh, and, and players are starting to see that, and it's been happening for a little bit now. Uh, you know, you've seen it with, like, Ronald Zucuna Jr. It started with Chris Bryant years ago. Uh, when these guys who are just clearly MLB caliber players um, not getting the opportunity uh, in or, because the teams just don't want to pay them. So, I mean, I think there's going to be a change. It's just a matter of, of time. And like you mentioned, that collective bargaining agreement is coming up. So um, I would be shocked if something doesn't, doesn't happen there. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Uh, Lennon, did you see that news or anything about that? What do you think about service time in the six years? Um, anything at all? Or are you good? No, nothing much really. Yeah, Lennon's, Lennon's, Lennon's like, yeah, we're going to keep those players under contract for 10 years. They should be there for six years, honestly. No, well, terrible, yeah. terrible. You're paying, yeah, them, I mean, paying them chump change during their prime, and then they're getting paid millions of dollars. I mean, Garrett's over there watching Albert Pullo sit on the bench getting paid $50 million. <laughs> we're, we're paying players for what they have done, but not what they are doing, which is – Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, Jacob, were you going to say anything? About well, that I was going to say, no? should we kind of like break down service time for, you know, a lot of the people that kind of don't really wouldn't know what service time is? Yeah, sure. So, so when someone comes into the – once once a player is called up to the major leagues, their service time clock will begin. And in order to hit free agency, you got to hit six years of MLB service time. Those first three years are like complete uh, team control. Those last three years of the first six, then you get into an arbitration process where you can kind of negotiate based on your performance uh, a salary for that year but it's very it's it's pretty minimal compa- minimal compared yeah. to like the numbers that these players are producing uh for instance walker bueller if he was a free agent he'd be making well over 10 million probably into the 20 millions perhaps and he's making i think 8 million for two years um that'll end his uh, uh last couple years of service time for the dodgers so that's not quite a bit of money compared to that. Um, and then you got things later on happening where the service time goes on later on. And once the six years is up, they become unrestricted free agents. And that's when they try to go get out uh, a max deal. Um, you know, these yeah. 13, 14 year deals worth 300 plus million. And then, and then you're stuck with players getting paid for, as Garrett was saying, what they've done in the past and not what they're doing currently on the field because they haven't gotten paid during those prime years. Yeah. yeah. And to your point, I mean, if these guys are getting drafted after college, like they're not going to be drafted until they're 22 years old, say two, three years in the minor leagues, they're not coming up until they're 25, not in free agents until they're 31, 32. I mean, that's, yeah, that's well past the, the, right. the player's prime there. Absolutely. And I think studies show – uh, Lennon and I were reading a book by Keith Law, The Inside Game, his, his latest book. The studies show that, like, once 29, age 30 hits, across the board, numbers are declining. There's some rarities out there that you can point that are outliers, but the majority of the people will start declining, um, no matter how good you are or how great you are. Um, it's just what it is. And, and then it's a problem for the teams later on and, and a burden on the teams when they have uh, uh, players that they're paying – millions of dollars like i'm talking 20 30 millions of dollars who aren't performing where they could pull up literally anybody from AAA and they can outperform what they are doing on the field but you're like hey i, I put money into this guy i want them to be, to be on the team you know um but uh we'll see how that goes 
Um, yeah, so that's service time in a nutshell. Um, and that's kind of some of the things that were happening uh, with the Seattle Mariners. Um, so basically, uh, some key additions for the Mariners, guys, um, and or, you know, retaining some players. According to MLB.com, I got down here, we have James Paxton, Kendall Graveman, Kenya Middleton, Rafael Montero, Ken Giles, and Matt McGill on a minors deal. Some departures, D. Strange Gordon, uh, Carl Edwards Jr., Tim Lopes, Malik Smith, and Yoshihisa Hirano. Um, on, on just kind of what they added and what they lost, do you think this team got better, worse, or about the same? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think they got better. Um, I mean, just right off the bat, just kind of looking at who they lost and who they replaced them with. Uh, you look at just the bullpen guys alone. Uh, Yoshi Hirano and, and Carl Edwards Jr. weren't doing a ton there. Ken Giles is a proven closer, obviously coming up yeah. injury, but, I mean, he's got uh, great stuff. Uh, so I definitely think they, they improved. Not a ton, but definitely improvements for sure. Honestly, um, don't think – they're not going to compete at all. It looked the exact same team, honestly, except Ken Giles and James Paxton. I feel like James Paxton really going to do good this year. He's going to probably – I honestly think he's going to be their ace over Marcos Gonzalez. I feel like he's going to really step up this year. I mean, the guy's done it in the past. I think it's a good fit for him. He, he had some success in Seattle. Um, coming back there, it's familiar for him and, and – no doubt in my mind he'll be their ace. Uh, Gary, you make a good point in terms of their bullpen improving. Um, offensively, though, I, I just don't know how they're going to get it done outside a few guys. Um, you know, J.P. Crawford at the top of the lineup I really like, but can he consistently get on base for guys in the latter half, like a Kyle Lewis a, and a Kyle Seeger? Um, and can those guys produce at a higher level? Um, yeah. I mean, Kyle Seeger's probably entering free agency next year, so maybe he goes out and performs and and gets a contract after this. Or I don't know. It's going to be hard to see. I I do like I like their starting rotation. Um, I think their first three, uh, Gonzalez, Kikuchi, and Paxton, are are pretty solid. Uh, a one, two, three, specifically in the AOS, and I think those guys will allow them to compete a little bit. Uh, but offensively, I think is is where they might struggle a bit. Absolutely. I mean, they have so many question marks in the, you know, offensive side of things. Uh, Mitch Hanniger didn't play last year, sat out. So what will he do coming back? Like you mentioned, Seeker, another year older. Kyle Lewis, amazing rookie of the year campaign last year, but uh, he never really had outstanding minor league numbers. So it'd be interesting to see if he backs it up in his sophomore season. And then you got guys, Evan White, who was absolutely terrible last year. J.P. Crawford. I mean, he's shown signs, but yeah, just a lot, of, a lot of question marks. So if the Seattle Mariners were to do the unthinkable and win the AL West or make a wild card spot in the American League, uh, who are a couple of guys or maybe one guy on that team where you're like, okay, if that does happen, these are the ones that are going to be those guys. And anybody can answer. I guess I'll start. Uh, my, I mean, Kyle Seeger. I mean, he got bashed. And everybody knows he got bashed. Uh, and I think he's going to – play with the chip on his shoulder. Um, some people think it might go the opposite way. And he's like, well, why am I going to, you know, go out there and perform for this organization if they're, if they're talking about me like that and treating me like that. But, I mean, he's got to be – he's got to ball out in order to continue his career in a manner that he wants to. And I think 
Um, and so if the Mariners were to somehow make the postseason, then he would be a guy to watch for me. And then James Paxton coming back to Seattle, solidifying himself as an ace and potentially maybe even putting up numbers to, to compete for an AL Cy Young award. He, he's got the stuff to be able to do that. Um, it's a matter of if he can do that, he's getting, he's getting a little bit older in age now. Um, so we'll see how that happens, but those are my two guys. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take it from here. Um, I like those picks. Uh, definitely a couple good picks there. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the Mariners obviously have the longest playoff drought in the league. So, uh, and they're not doing a ton to, to kind of help their chances this year. But, you know, if a miracle were to happen, the way I see it playing out is uh, a couple guys that you wouldn't expect to, to step up, to really step up. As I mentioned, uh, Evan White, um, terrible season last year, hit below the Mendoza line. Um, but, I mean, he was a former pretty highly touted prospect. Um, and I mean, he hit pretty well in the minor leagues, but, but last year didn't hit for any power or average. He might be, you know, the best defensive first baseman in the league already. Um, but that's the only I get you so far, especially at first base. Uh, so he, he's going to need a hit if they want to do anything. And then, uh, another guy that sticks out is, is justice Sheffield. Uh, he's going to be, you know, in their opening day rotation. Um, another pretty highly regarded prospect who hasn't done anything at the major league level. Uh, I believe he was actually uh, in the, the Paxson trade coming over from the Yankees. Um, but yeah, he really needs to, to prove something, do something in order for them to, to have some success. Uh, I'd like to see him kind of uh, make that jump. Yeah, those are two solid picks. Uh, Evan White got some pop in that bat. You know, he could, he could provide some, some thunder for, for the Mariners. Jacob or Lennon, any guys, any guys to watch on your end? Well, if I were to look at my two players, I would have to bet on Kyle Lewis coming off Rookie of the Year. Uh, he's going to be able to play his first full-length season if he's allowed to, and I'd be, I'd like to see what he can do. Uh, and then my other guy would be Mitch Hanniger, just for the memes. He didn't get to play last season, injuries again, but what is he going to be, 29 this season? Like you said, there's only, what, his last year before statistically the numbers go down. And I'd want to, I'd say that he put up some good numbers. Two solid picks as well. Uh, Lennon, if you, if you can hear us, go ahead and unmute and let us know your picks. If not, we'll keep it going. Um, I would say James Paxton, I feel like it's going to be really good next year. He has been um, kind of off on the most recent years, but like Billy was saying, He's going to be more comfortable, be back to a place that he's more familiar with. And I really think he's going to do real good in Seattle. Absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and jump aboard the Texas train and go with the Texas Rangers. Um, not too many departures, but some pretty big notable ones. Obviously, they lose Lance Lynn, uh, Elvis Andrews, Corey Kluber, and Rafael Montero. They added – they did some pretty good shopping toward in this free agency. They had Chris Davis, Mike Fultonevich, um, Ari Hara, David Dahl, Nate Lau, Charlie Culberson, Ding Dunning, Brock Holtz, and then minor league deals of guys that could potentially make the big league roster um, easily and, and do have some big league experience as well. Uh, DeShields, Justice Anderson, Ian Kennedy, and Nick Vincent. Um, better, worse, or about the same for the Texas Rangers? I think they, you know, they lose Lance Lynn. Corey Kluber really didn't 
his Texas career was very short. One start, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, sure, you, knew, you lose a name, but you didn't really lose production from Kluber. Um, and I think, that, I think this team got better despite losing Lynn. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe, I mean, I kind of agree. Uh, Lance Lynn, you know, top sensei on finisher the last two years. That's tough to, tough to lose. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they definitely added more depth, which is important. Um, what they're losing in, in one really solid player, they are adding back depth and some potential. I mean, Fulton Avery's done it before. Uh, Chris Davis obviously has done it before. David Dahl's been solid. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, this team definitely has a lot more potential than they did last year. <clears throat> but you are losing that horse at the top of the rotation. 100%. Jacob Lennon, better, worse, or about the same? I would say about the same, about honestly. The same. I feel like I don't really know. I'm looking at the projected lineup right now. I don't really see someone that's going to stand out. Joey Gallo maybe, hit some tanks, but I don't really see anybody that's going to really get on base for him to do much, honestly. Yeah, big boy's going to eat for sure. Um, boy's going to strike out for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true, too. Uh, Jacob, what are your thoughts on the Rangers? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I can't – I wouldn't be – I, I honestly would have to say the same because, I mean, they, they could have definitely gotten better, but lack of acquisition during the free agency. Mm-hmm. I see – I feel like I, I look at their lineup and I see a lot of, a lot of liabilities when it comes to, the, to, to their batting order and their, their starting, their starting uh, rotation as well. I don't see any guys that stand out. I think you're talking about their lineup. I know you just talked about their rotation a little bit, but going back to oh, their yeah, lineup, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw some crazy stat on Twitter that said that the Dodgers have more homers at Globe Life than the Rangers had <laughs> <laughs> all year. Um, <laughs> I think that's pretty crazy. Obviously, the Dodgers, uh, that was basically their home field uh, throughout the entire postseason. Um, last year and, and then making it all the way to the end and winning it all does help um, but that's pretty that's pretty embarrassing uh, even for uh, a big league club to have an opposing team come in there and just kind of own that building who are some guys to look at uh, for the Texas Rangers in your guys's opinion if they were to do the unthinkable which I think they got a better shot than the Mariners Ooh, I might have to disagree with you on that one. I think the Rangers uh, might be the worst team in baseball this year. Uh, that's my bold prediction. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's bold. I mean, you got those those teams at the AL Central that are pretty bad, Tigers, Royals. But, yeah, I think the, the Rangers are uh, going to be in the cellar. Um, just that pitching staff is, is uh, so, so bad that <laughs> I can't see them getting anybody out. Um, but, guys, you know, if they were to do the unthinkable – uh, guys, I kind of highlighted here. Um, I, I, Dane Dunning, the guy that got back, uh, the, the main piece that got back from Lance Lynn, um, is an interesting, interesting guy. He's got you know great stuff. I think probably the best stuff in the rotation already. He's just a young guy. Um, I think he can definitely emerge early on as the best starter for the Rangers. So if he continues to develop, I think uh, he'd be a huge uh, addition there. And then. I wanted to go Chris Davis just because I'm a huge Chris Davis fan. I think he's a, a great, great guy, but um, I don't know how much he's going to play, and he can't play the outfield. So, uh, honestly, David Dahl, 
he's a, a guy I've always really liked, like his, his bat. Um, I know Coors probably helped a little bit, but he's, he's always been a pretty solid hitter. So if he can um, kind of break out, I guess, in, in Texas, a new, a new home, uh, see what he can do. And uh, I think he'll be a good, good piece there in that lineup. Those are some pretty good picks. Um, my two guys that I picked here, uh, Willie Calhoun, one-time prize Dodger prospect. I mean, they were keeping this guy pretty much in the safes for good, and then they went all in for you, Darvish, um, in 2017, uh, the year that they got robbed uh, of a World Series. But I digress. Um, but for me, it's like Willie Calhoun, like either step up or like go home. He's 26 years old, still pretty raw, I would say. But he does have some pretty, uh, pretty good experience at the big league level. I think it's his fourth year. And granted, there's been kind of – he's never played like a full, healthy season uh, at, at the big league level. But one thing – I was digging into some stats on, on Calhoun. And one thing that, that scared me a bit, um, and I want to see if he can adjust, is in 2019, he had a pretty good campaign. Batted 270, 21 homers, 48 RBIs. Um, and then last year, last year, he was just atrocious. Now, the one thing in 2019 that he saw more of was fastballs. His fastball, he was seeing fastballs at 57% of the time, just hit under 300 at 297 against the fastball. Against breaking balls in 2019, the year that he produced, batted 185 against breaking balls, only saw those about 29% of the time. So what did the pitchers do in 2020? They threw him 40% of the time breaking balls, um, and his, his batting average was 194 against them again. Uh, expected batting average was even worse at 172. So if he can hit what Garrett throws 95% of the time, then uh, we can see a breakout season from Calhoun. Um, my other guy is Fulton Evich. Uh, one year, $2 million. That's a steal in my books. I mean, this guy, just a couple of years removed from an all-star season, um, even got some votes in the Cy Young Award uh, race that year. Um, this is a guy that I think a lot of teams are sleeping on, and I think this is a chance for, for, for Mike to go out there um, and show that he can still compete at the big league level. Honestly, like, this team, I don't really know, <laughs> honestly. Like, I don't know at all. Just look terrible. So Lennon's got nobody on that team. Jacob? Any? Okay, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce his name right. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa? That's it? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, I You nailed him. it. And that guy was, that was a good. stud last year, though. He's good. Yeah, I was looking at the stats, and I was, and I like his on-base percentage at 329. I think it might be the highest on the team. But, you know, if he can get on base, Calhoun or Gallo, give it enough time, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and then uh, David Dahl as well. All right. I like uh, – go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. I was just saying, I like Connor Falafa. He's a uh, – Interesting player. He he came up as like a second base, third baseman, then they had him try out catching. It was really weird. Yeah. And he started catching a little bit. And now he's playing shortstop. So it's pretty cool to see him kind of move around the diamond, uh, do a little bit of middle infield and catching, which is not something you see every day. You love to see those super utility guys. Uh, all right, let's keep it going. Um, let's move on to another team. What are y'all feeling? You want to stay in Texas? Sure. Let's do it go to the Houston trash banging Astros. Is it, is it, is it, is it like good to like leave that behind now and stop, stop saying it or where are I we at? Know. Where are we at? No, I don't think it's totally different that we can stop. Look, I, look, I think okay. until they get punished fairly. Well, not even then. The players. Yes. Players get punished. Yeah. Not then even I think, then. Cause look, I'm over it. 
You know, as a Dodger fan, yeah, it sucks. I'm over it. But come on, you're banging trash cans in the dugout. Like, <laughs> come on. Hey. What are you guys doing? <laughs> it honestly sounds like something out of like, like a, like a middle school, high school team. An Adam like, Sandler movie. Like, it's an Adam <laughs> like Sandler bench movie. It sounds like a bench warmer <laughs> movie right here. Like this bench three? happened at the major league level. It's yeah. crazy. It's Which is why that like buzzer, you know, conspiracy theory that sounds like pretty, you know, believable because like that actually sounds like something that takes a little bit more effort. And, but I don't know. Banging trash cans. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you saw Altuve. Exactly. Yeah. His tattoo. Refused his to get his tattoo. His tattoo refused to get his jersey. His shirt. I know. I know off, it. I know off it. Chappie. I would have been the first one ripping off my jersey if I hit a walk off. I want to show the buzzer to, to go to the World Series. I want to start pointing at it. Oh, oh my on. lord! Oh my Poor lord! Poor buzzer didn't get the credit it deserved. No, buzzer got the Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, key additions and also obviously uh, retentions: Michael Brantley, Jason Castro, Pedro Baez, uh, Stanek, Stephen Sousa Jr. Once a highly touted prospect. Um, and Steve Ciszek, both of those two latter parts, uh, minor league deals. And then the key departures, obviously, George Springer and Chris Davinsky. Um, better, worse, or about the same? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say they stayed the same. Yeah, but you also got to think about it. They still have that main core of Altuve, Correa, and Bregman. So a lot of their offense is still intact. And we're going to see Jordan Alvarez also being there for the uh, hopefully the whole season. Uh, Forrest Whitley, you said if he does come up, we'll see what he'll do. But around, yeah, I'd say they stay the same. You got to also think about, like, a lot of their talent also. Um, how would you say what – do you, what do you say? They, uh, they're getting better. Yeah, I think progress. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm also – with the Astros and the way that I look at it is like, okay, they were cheating, they got caught. How much of their success was from the cheating? Um, versus not and and I think 2020 was a small sample size but you definitely saw them I don't know if it was the mentality of like everybody hating them and not really um, feeling that they were the players were punished and and having that weight on their shoulders Um, I think Correa played a great villain obviously and he still raked last year but uh, (laughs) outside of Correa you know Bregman a down year Altuve an atrocious year bad year Um, oh yeah so yeah. I'm trying to figure out where where are these guys in 2021 in terms of their mentality and also uh, how much of that success was from cheating versus versus not cheating because I think I think if you take cheating away they were still a, a playoff team and and had the talent so it's like why 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 do that you know what I mean it almost became like a super team after that but who are those who are those guys that are gonna do it for you Garrett that are gonna make the difference for the Astros in order to win a division yet again. Yeah, I mean, I think my guys are, are pretty low-hanging fruit here. Um, but We like it. Uh, starting out with uh, Alex Bregman. I mean, like you mentioned, pretty bad year last year. Um, but, I mean, before that, who knows if it was, you know, from the cheating or what it was. But, I mean, he was, like, what, the third overall pick in the draft. So, I mean, obviously he's a very talented player regardless of the cheating. Um, and he's kind of almost been the, the forgotten man amongst – you know, some of the big boys at third base, especially in that division with Chapman and Rendon. 
but apparently he put on like 30 pounds this past off season. So he's looking to maybe add a little bit of pop to the bat. And I think he, he bounces back. Season. Yeah. 30 pounds. <laughs> Let's go. He's really committed to that uh, third base. Not, not trying to play shortstop anymore, but uh, yeah, I think he's going to put up like a top five MVP season. I think he's going to have an incredible bounce back here. No, I would say low hanging fruit, but top five MVP caliber season. I think that's, that's, uh, I mean, two take, years I removed, two years removed True. from third, I think it was third finish, but yes. I mean, obviously the cheating, but, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, the other one was Jordan Alvarez. Uh, people, I think people probably, I mean, I don't know if people forget, but just like how good he was in 2019. Pro, I mean, arguably maybe the best like per game offensive season by a rookie ever. Um, and if like, he's, having that kind of season in New York, we're probably talking about him the same way. We're talking about, you know, Aaron judge, um, just oh, yeah. how insane he was in 2019. But yeah, obviously coming back from injury from last year, see what he'll be able to do. But if he could produce, you know, even somewhat close to, to 2019, uh, that'd be replacing Springer. No problem. Jacob Lennon, who are your guys? Lennon, why don't you go? I think you're unmuted and ready to fire. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I would say Jordan Alvarez hasn't played a single full season at all, I don't think, right? That's correct. Mm, yeah. I feel like he's an easy 40-plus homer guy for this year coming up and just be like a big-time power bat. If he doesn't get injured at all, I could see him easily, easily hitting like 46 home runs next year, I would say. Big pop in that 46. That's an MVP. Yeah, I would say 46, season. honestly. And I would say he's going to lead in home runs. Oh, like. I like it. Bye bye, I can see it. Yeah. Jacob, right. who are your guys? Uh, well, you guys stole Jordan Alvarez from me, but you can I'm take still going to have. Yeah, I'm still going to go with him. I'm still going to go with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I see he has a lot of potential. I saw uh, he posted what? 412 on base percentage, 655 slugging in 2019 and that was just in the 85 games so what can you do a full season Lennon said 46 home runs I'm saying 78 I'm just kidding uh, but he's definitely gonna hit a, he's definitely gonna if he can catch a groove then I definitely see him posting a real good numbers maybe MVP Bregman and him might do so good enough to maybe take him to the World Series Dodgers uh, Astros we'll see we'll see we and then for my see. second guy, uh, we were close to a rematch. He were Valdez. Valdez. Framber. Yep. Those are good he was, guys. He was, yeah. He was balling. He was balling, he was. especially in the postseason. Oh, yeah. He definitely found a groove in there. Um, I will not say you're Don Alvarez. I, I will say, though, he was a Dodger, got traded to the Astros for Josh Fields. It was a straight up one on one trade. And. Mm. Josh Fields did pretty well for that one year or so that he was with LA, but I think uh, Astros got a gem. Um, my guys, I'm going to piggyback off of Jacob uh, Framber Valdez. I think he's, he's a solid guy. Um, they need someone other than Granky. And I think if Verlander doesn't come back, I mean, very unlikely that he comes back and pitches this season. It's like a 12 to 14th month recovery um, from Tommy John. So, 
who are some other guys in that rotation that are going to step up? Uh, I was thinking of Lance McCullers a little bit, but I went with Framber um, in the end. The one thing that I did look at is uh, he had some pretty good uh, curve spin rate uh, last year, like elite curve. And, and I think if he can continue doing that, um, then that will be great. His walk rate was fantastic as well. He pounds the strike zone. The other, the, the one thing that is a concern is he gave up the third most hard hit balls uh, last year. And hard hit is categorized 95 miles per hour plus. He gave up 93 of those in a shortened season. <laughs> um, you know, he was third. Herman Marquez with 100 and Patrick Corbin with 97, which are guys that you'd be like, really? Decent, yeah, pitchers. Right? So it's pretty, it's pretty strange, but um, – I think if he could avoid that, then I think he, he can be a great number two guy uh, right behind Granky in that rotation. Okay, so the A's. Um, what do you think, guys? Oakland Athletics. I'm looking through my papers. I'm all fumbled right now. Um, where are we at? <laughs> Oakland Athletics. So key additions. Elvis Andrews. Obviously, he's not going to replace Marcus Simeon in his production, but we'll talk about that later. Trevor Rosenthal, Mitch Moreland. Mike Fires, uh, Yusmero Petit, Sergio Romo, Adam Kolarik, uh, and Jed Lowry to a minor league deal. Departures, Semien, Tommy Lestella, Robbie Grossman, Chris Davis, Joaquin Soria, and Mike Miner. Better, worse, or about the same? Worse. Okay, Lennon. That was bold. That was like bold. right away. No. Worse. Uh, worse. Yeah. What, why worse, Lennon? What do you think? I don't see anybody in the rotation that's going to get it done. And their lineup, like you said, they lost Marcus Simeon. I fan. do feel like I'm a fan of their rotation. Lazardo, though, I feel yeah. like he's gonna be yeah, it's pretty okay. good rotation. Pretty good. Hey, Seuss, one of the top prospects. Him? I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, he is one of the top prospects. Yeah. Fun fact about that: I mean, he was number twelve prospect last year, and just for comparison's sake, Dustin May was the 23rd ranked prospect. So Jesus Lazardo was well above Dustin May. And we all know what Dustin May did with the Dodgers. Like, this guy's going to be a stud for the athletics. I got a little bit more on him, uh, my players to watch. A little, uh, okay, okay. A sneak peek we'll, we'll there, but, we'll I mean, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better or worse are about the same? What do you think? I, I think you were kind of shocked when Lenny was like, worse. Uh, no, I definitely think they're worse. But I think the reason why I was shocked, I was kind of looking through um, – the key departures, and I think he missed the biggest one. Um, just broke the record for uh, the highest AAV for a reliever, Liam Hendricks. Possibly oh, yeah. the best closer in baseball. 100%. So. We did forget yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Liam Hendricks. Don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of recent, right, I think? So, I mean, yeah, losing Liam, Hem- Liam, Hen- Liam Hendricks ooh, at the uh, end of that bullpen is pretty tough. Uh, to go along with, yeah, some pretty solid bats and Simeon, Listello, Grossman. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Hendricks over the last two years was just, uh, I mean, you could just, if you have a lead, it's just no question he's going to close it out. Uh, top 10 seven finisher last year. I think I might be leaning a little bit on better. Let's do it. Okay. Um, Join the dark side. <laughs> well, first off, I mean, Liam Hendricks was something you can't, you know, you can't really cover for that, but I think they did a really good job replacing him with, uh, What's his name again? God. Trevor Rosenthal. 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 That's good. Yeah, I was looking at that, and he, yeah. he pretty much, you know, in the in the small span that they had last season, he was able to put up some pretty good numbers. 
uh, he was uh, he posted a 1.90 ERA to 23 innings pitched compared to Hendricks's 1.78 through 25. Something that I also notice is he throws hard. He throws yes. at an average of 98, and he can hit 100 consistently. Now, so I mean, compared to Hendricks, I mean, it's looking about the same. It's just we just got to see what they're gonna do next season, or what he does. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah he's got pretty pretty similar stuff to Hendricks, and he, and he's just a few a few years removed from from being real good in in St. Louis, but yeah. uh, really battled back last year and had an amazing year. So yeah. that's that's a good point for sure. I'm gonna say they got better as well. Um. Not by a whole lot, but I think they did, they did get better. I like Trevor Rosenthal, Jacob, uh, as you mentioned. I think he can um, put up comparable numbers to Hendricks. But you also look at the other guys that they got in that bullpen. Um, Sergio Romo, they added. Yep. Um, Adam Kalerik, who was just a, a phenomenal lefty specialist um, for the Dodgers in his, his intent, his, with his tenure there. And then you add guys like Mitch Moreland, who I think can be a nice uh, platoon-type player for the A's um provide some pop um some power that that they lost with uh Marcus Semien. You know the A's just somehow always find a way to be in there. Uh, That's true. To you look at their team and you're like, all right, I don't know how they did it this year, but uh <laughs> they did it again. So, uh, they'll always have something up their sleeve. Uh Bob Melvin is is one of the top 3 managers in the league, um if not the best and uh so I think they got better. Yeah, you and I were talking um, like uh, last week, and yeah, I, I think Bob Melvin's the best manager in baseball. Because I, I mean, I look at this team every year and see these names they're throwing out there, and I'm just like, how do they keep doing it? But they just he just gets the best out of his players, and uh, they they just win games. And I don't necessarily know how they're not flashy. They don't have like superstar players, um, but they just uh, win ball games and do it every year. They're a rough team. They like to battle it out. Yeah. And, Gritty. and I'm, They've I'm got the say, defense for it, too. They do. They, I mean, they have pop around their lineup. They do. Look at Loriano, Canna, Chapman, Olsen. Did you see the numbers Mitch Moreland put up with Boston last season in his 22 games? Absolutely, yeah. He was, was a stud. balling. They, I mean, they, they might have a team. If, if it's a full season, they might have, like, eight guys on their team that hit 20 homers or more. I could see that easily happening. Um, but aside from their lineup, their pitching rotation is my favorite uh, in the AL West. Uh, Chris Bassett is in there. Um, Jesus Lazardo, Frankie Montes, Sean Manea, Mike Fires. That's a pretty solid five to go up um, against a West that is kind of, I would say, up for grabs. Um, I, obviously, we talked about the Astros maybe being the early favorites, but that rotation for the A's can easily get them a division title back-to-back uh, -back years. Uh, who are you guys to watch for um, for the Oakland A's? Jacob? Yeah, Bob? I mean – Oh, oh, sorry, go uh, ahead. It's whoever. I it's mean, all good. Well, it's all good. All right, Jacob, I'll take it. Go ahead. Uh, well, for one, my guy, Mitch Moreland, he's my, he's my favorite. If he can find a consistent spot in the lineup, um, expect him to catch his groove. If he can catch his groove real good, he batting seventh. He's going to get a lot of traffic up there on the bases. Just expect him to, you know, get some RBIs in there. Uh, my second guy, I don't know. I don't have a second guy. I guess I'd just go with Laureano. I think 
the main player to look out for, I feel like, is Mark Canna. He, I feel like he'll possibly be leadoff right here. It's just projected that he's going to bat second. But I feel like he could bat leadoff with his on-base percentage almost being at 400 for the last two years. I feel like that's a really good leadoff. That's solid. Right that's solid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Canna's a great pick. Uh, my guys, Elvis Andrews is number one. Um, obviously, he's not going to put what Simeon um, had had short. But if he could play solid defense and add add to the A's what they do defensively, um, then he can fit in pretty well. Also, he had a, a an awful year last year. I think, you know, Garrett was talking about other guys that batted below the Mendoza line. I think Andrews was below the – whatever the next line is after that he was he was way below um so and, and it was it was kind of strange because in 2019 he batted like 270 280 pretty solid bat for for texas um if he could bat 270 280 then pretty good uh obviously not gonna put up the numbers that simeon did but um just look for him to be a solid uh role player for the a's uh as they always have and then frankie montes uh, he's got great stuff. He throws gas. Almost every pitch is just up there. Um, one interesting note that I did mention um, in my notes here was that in 2019, um, he had a, he had his best year in 2019. But looking into 2020, his walk rate almost doubled and his barrel rate also doubled. Um, so can he kind of revert back to 2019? Um, throw more pitches, command that uh, excellent velocity that he, that he does have. Um, and can he locate and mix his pitches better too? Cause you know, it's one thing of throwing gas, but if you consistently throw gas, yeah. gas, gas, sooner or later, guys are going to catch up. And um, they did last year, barreling it up um, at a higher rate than they've ever done off of him last year. Uh, Garrett, you were, cool. you were ready. Or yeah. You? Yeah. Uh, as we were talking about, uh, Hazel Cesardo, I said, I got, had a little bit on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think as you were mentioning, he was a highly touted prospect. I think he was maybe if not the, the top pitching prospects in baseball, uh, I watch him pitch and I honestly have no clue how anybody hits him. He's throws 97 with crazy run on his fastball from the left side. And it's just, I don't know, absolutely disgusting. Uh, and, and, but I mean, he just hasn't, I guess, I mean, he's been really good out of the bullpen, but he hasn't really proved it. Uh, starting rotation so I think this is going to be the year that he really kind of breaks out and proves to be the the leader of that as you were mentioning a pretty pretty solid rotation they have a, a lot of potential there I mean Montas, Mantaya, Manaya, Lazardo have all done it before um, I think they can keep doing it so I think Lazardo is really gonna kind of solidify himself as the staff ace even though he's the young guy like 22 years old um, but he's got uh, the stuff to do it and I think he's gonna break out this year for sure and then, yeah, my other guy was, was Ramon Lariano as well. Uh, Laser Ramon. He's, uh, he's honestly an electric factory in center field. The guy makes unbelievable plays. The throws he makes, he's got an absolute hose for an arm. And he's actually, you know, come a long way at the plate the last few years, shown a bit of power at that leadoff spot. Um, and he's been kind of, you know, the, the fourth or fifth player, the last few, uh, fourth or fifth best player on the team the last few years. But, I think with Simeon gone uh, and, you know, Chapman and Olsen kind of carrying the load uh, offensively, I think Loreano can find a way to really kind of step up and, and be that, that third guy and carry a lot of that load. 
happy. Um, all right. We saved the best for last, I guess. The LA Angels. Um, I'm sure Garrett knows all the additions and the departures, and he will fill us in if I forget any um, on my list here. But additions, Dexter Fowler, Iglesias, who – I mean, there's a couple of Iglesiases on here. But yes, there is. <laughs> Rysel Iglesias. I remember when we were at the catch and you were like, this guy is like unbelievable. And he was with Cincinnati. And then I remember like Cody Bellinger hit a walk-off homer that day against him. <laughs> um, but anyways, Jose Iglesias, Jose Quintana, Alex Cobb, Kurt Suzuki, Alex Claudio, and Juan Lagares to a minor league deal. The departures, Angleton Simmons, injuries, Jacob Barnes, Middleton, who you talked about earlier, uh, Ramirez, Hansel Robles, and Cam Bedrosian. Um, better, worse, or about the same? I mean, it's probably the homer in me, but I'm going to say they got better. Uh, the pieces that they lost aren't pieces you're going to miss. I mean, obviously, Andrelton Simmons, one of my favorite players of all time. Uh, absolute wizard defensively. Yeah. Um, you're going you're gonna to miss him up the middle always. Uh, he's incredible defensively. But, I mean, honestly, you're replacing him with another guy who's incredible defensively and, and Jose Iglesias who quite frankly has been a little bit better offensively the last few years so agreed. uh agreed Simmons never strikes out but he also hits into a billion double plays so <laughs> uh, I love Simmons but yeah I definitely think they got better adding to the rotation uh, replacing Simmons uh, and getting a closer which is huge I would say better honestly I um they could put up some runs the big question is is if they could pitch. I really feel like they would be able to this year. I'm really hoping that top three of Quintana or, or Cantina, what's his name is? Quintana. Quintana, yeah. yeah. Quintana, I feel like he's really going to step it up this year, be like a good third pitcher. Dylan Bundy was good last year and Andrew Heaney, and I really hope that Otani goes back to his two-way form and does really good and is in that four spot. About the same, I'd have to say. I mean, you say the uh, – who's it? Iglesias, who they added as their closer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, some pretty good numbers, but we'll just have to see. I mean, I, that's all I'd be able to tell you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with uh, Garrett and Lennon here. I think, they, I think they got better. I think they got better. Um, is it better enough to win a division? We'll have to find out. But, um, you know, I like the additions. I think their bullpen helped. You solidify it around a closer. You got Iglesias as your guy. Uh, and then you work around those other pieces. They lost a lot of bullpen guys um, uh, uh, during the offseason here, but none of them were cutting it. They're all bad. They were all just going up there and just getting hammered. Um, And then we're looking at their their starting rotation. Um, So Dylan Bundy was phenomenal last year. Absolutely just remarkable. So can he produce again? Quintana has another guy that, that has produced in the past, um, getting up there in age, though. Um, but we'll see if he can kind of fit around um, uh, around this rotation. Alex Cobb is a guy that's, like, kind of never really had some moments here and there. But, I mean, never really reached his full potential, I think. Um, so you have some upside potentially with him. And then Andrew Heaney at the top. And then Lennon mentioned Shohei. Um, and then I think the wild factor here is, is Joe Madden and just being able to um, bring a group of guys together um, and see what he can do uh, around them. Obviously, uh, Jose Quintana, wasn't he with the Cubs when Joe Madden was there? 
He was. Yeah. So, so yeah. a little bit more familiarity uh, with Jose Quintana there, and I think it's a great fit for him. Um, so I do think they got better for those reasons. Who are the guys on your list here that are going to be the difference makers? And go ahead and share okay. about that, uh, about them predicting and things like that. Yeah, I mean, every year, um, obviously, they talk about how good the offense is, and you got, you got Mike Trout, and then obviously adding Red Dillon last year. It just uh, gives you, I mean, an incredible one-two punch there. And then, uh, you know, the role players around them. I mean, you're going to have – you're going to score runs. And we always, every year, piece together – this, this makeshift rotation, and they're like, okay, maybe it'll be good enough. And then, uh, you know, we, they predict us to be kind of the second wild card, first wild card. And it, it typically doesn't happen. Injuries, underperforming. So, I mean, you could call it bad luck, but you could also call it just, you know, some terrible offseason acquisitions. We tried, you know, Matt Harvey, Trevor Cahill. We did, like, all these guys who just were awful, so – uh, I'm hoping this year could be the year that, you know, this rotation really figures it out. I think, I mean, this is probably the best team they've had in a few years, maybe four years, like since 2017, 2018 or so. Um, but, I mean, I definitely I, – they're definitely a long way from a, any kind of shoe in a long way from even being a shoe in to be, you know, a 500 team. Uh, a lot of things are going to have to go right. Um, and I mean, I guess I could jump into to my players if you'd like. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, a lot is said about the the lineup, and rightfully so. You got best player in the world. Uh, you got Rendon, who's arguably the best third baseman in the league. You got uh, David Fletcher. Love David Fletcher. Shohei Otani. He's been a great hitter. But my guy that I'm looking at on offense, who could be a huge difference maker, is is Jared Walsh. They got uh, him projected to be in that two hole. Uh, which, I don't know, uh, I, I don't really see that happening. But um, last year, it was his rookie year, um, he was unbelievable. Um, filled in there at first base. I mean, I could be overreacting to his small sample size, but if he could just do a fraction of what he did last year over a full season, it would give, you know, that deep lineup, that extra pop and that extra kind of oomph there to really put them over the top. Um he had what nine home runs in, in 32 games last year, like a 605 slugging percentage. I think he finished seventh in rookie of the year, only 32 games, which is great. Uh, he did have 65 home runs in the minors over the, the two previous years, 2018, 2019. So he definitely has, has that pop. Um, but he also has that, that swing and miss, you know, so he strikes out a lot and he didn't walk a ton last year, but he has some pretty good on base percentage numbers in the minor league. So hopefully he can translate that to, to, to uh, this year um, and then going to the pitching side it's kind of an unconventional guy here because you know we did bring in Iglesias as we mentioned to, to be the closer there but a guy I'm keeping my eye on is uh, Mike Myers um, kind of going to be the guy to be able to bridge that gap to Iglesias um, and Myers emerged as kind of the closer at the end of the year um, and he was honestly lights out um, he went, let's see, 14 straight appearances at one point last year, um, without allowing a single run. So 14 straight appearances without allowing a run. And he appeared in 29 games last year. So almost half the games. And he only allowed runs in three of those 29 games. So he was basically good for like a 90% chance of, uh, him tossing up a zero. So, I mean, if, if he could do what he kind of did last year, bridge that gap to Iglesias, it just shortens up the game that much more takes a little pressure off the starting rotation. 
And then I know I am kind of going a little bit long, but it's my team, so. Go for it. Unload. Uh, this is why we brought you in. <laughs> um, and all I, all yeah, I need is some popcorn right here. I'm loving this. this is dude, good. I mean, <laughs> I could talk about every single player, but I, I won't. But I will talk about a group that we kind of well, already touched on a little bit. It's that starting rotation, right? Um, <clears throat> so the talk of, I mean, the Angels' failures, pretty much the entirety of Mike Trout's career has just been the starting rotation. Um, and this group, I mean, like I said, it's a little bit better than what we've had. Uh, it's, it's, on paper, it's like very, very average. And that could be a good thing because, you know, the last few years we've been really bad. So average is definitely better than bad. Um, and four of the five guys not named Shohei Otani because he's only going to pitch on Sundays once a week, right? So four of the other five guys uh, are free agents at the end of the year. So Griffin Canning is the only one in their contract for 2022. So I think that kind of adds an interesting wrinkle. All of them are on contract years and kind of pitching for their baseball lives. So I think as you've seen with the guy that the Dodgers just signed, Trevor Bauer, you know, a lot can happen in a contract year. So uh, hopefully these guys are able to uh, kind of piece whoa. something together before they hit free agency. Bundy, are you trying Austin. to say the angels have the next? No, no, no. Bat? no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor Bauer was obviously great in, in spurts before last year, but the last year he really, you know, elevated his game to another level. But some people um, say it's the substance that, I mean, I believe that, but <laughs> I think he'll probably keep using it, though, so that's good for Dodgers. The question is, who picks it up on the Dodgers? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just give that to Kershaw. And who knows? Jeez. That was 99. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Kershaw having an unbelievable screen rate on that fastball. Um, anyway. Yeah, continue, Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of yeah, I mean, just touching on each of the guys a little bit. So, like, he needs – Former top prospect, he's been so average. He'll show signs, but he's he's just really average. Bundy, Bundy, obviously awesome last year. So seeing if he could bounce back and do that again this year would be cool. Uh, Quintana was really good with the White Sox, but wasn't great with the Cubs. Uh, see if he's able to bounce back at all. And then, as you mentioned, Alex Cobb, shown spurts with the Rays, spurts last year, but he's just not that great. Um, but, yeah, seeing if they're able to, to kind of piece something together will be interesting. So a, lot of these, so, a lot of the starting pitchers right now, they're on one-year deals or they're on their last year, right? Instead of Yeah. Getting, oh, so, so you could probably see a lot of trade bait, too, if you wanted to. True. Yeah, if, I mean, things do start going the opposite Bill and Bundy might be a good one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they were talking about trading him last year. Um, surprised they didn't, actually. I don't know. I mean, Garrett just sold me on the entire team. That's the whole team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I touched on all yeah. of the uh, yeah, like, players not yeah, named Mike Trout yeah. and Anthony Rendon. So. Pretty much. Uh, my players to watch, Shohei Otani. I think he's going to have a first uh, – Joe Madden says pretty much first year where we're actually able to see him be a two-way player. You know, um, if his body holds up, um, then that's going to be a – I mean, if his body holds up, that's great for Angel fans um all around orange county because he's pretty good on both ends right um and we've seen spurts of him be dominant on the on the mound and we've seen spurts uh where he crushes it with the bat so if he can be just as good as he is um 
doing both, then that's going to be a great addition um, on both sides for the Angels. And then my other guy is Dylan Bundy. Remarkable year last year. I mean, I was looking at all these more analytical stats here, but he was like amongst the top percentiles in literally every category you could look at. You could look at exit velo, hard hit, um, expected ERA, expected batting average, walk rate, strikeout rate, you name it, he was up there. Um, and if he can even just produce a fraction of what he did last year, um, that's, a, again, a big leap forward than what any uh, Angel starting pitcher has done in the past uh, four or five years. Um, so, yeah, those are my two guys. I would say really just Otani, I feel like. Like this is going to be a 2A player this year. Really, um, I believe it's going to hit at least 96 this year when he's throwing. Because last year he did – he only pitched, like, what, like one game? Oh, Base gosh. loaded, did he even get an out? Yes. Gosh. It was so bad. Oh, my gosh. He walked what a way to park. trash your favorite player. <laughs> right? Terrible. I believe this guy's going to have a bounce back year. You saw what he did? He didn't even record an out last year. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Can't be worse. Oh, oh man. All righty. Uh, Jacob, you didn't have any players, right? You, you were yeah, sold with Garrett. Oh, you did? Go ahead. Well, I mean, the whole team, you know, Garrett, you know, I love the Angels now because of Garrett's perspective on it. I'm uh, ready to watch some Angels baseball. Now. Yeah. Hey. They're my team for the West. But I if I had it. to pick two guys, uh, I'd go with my boy Justin Upton. You know, 2019, 2020, maybe not so hot, maybe not as good as he could have. But if we can see some more of that 2018 caliber player, 30 home runs on base percentage of 344. He'd be looking good for the Angels because where is he projected to bat? He's projected to bat. Projected fifth. Fifth. So I don't like that's that's if he can we'll stay see. there. Otani usually hits ahead of him, but yeah, that's we'll see. Yeah, yeah if he can stay fair. high up there, that's a lot of traffic for him as well. And then second guy Griffin Canning. You know, being the youngest pitcher out there, I feel like. He, he needs to show out. He needs to show up. He needs to show all these older guys that, come on, we can make a run for the playoffs. All right, prediction times. Lay out your 5-4-3-2-1 in the standings. I'll go first because I feel like mine are pretty conventional. Not too many, like, shockers here or there. And I feel like you guys have some, some bold predictions coming up. So I'll save that for some suspense. Um, but number five. Seattle Mariners, obviously. Um, if you don't want to win it from, from the top of the organization, how are you going to win it with the players? So uh, I have them at number five. And, I mean, if you, if you have prospects that you're not even going to bring in, like, come on. So they're not playing to win. Number five, Seattle Mariners. Number four, Texas Rangers. Um, pretty obvious. I think those are the top two bottom feeders in the AL West. Number three, I'm very sorry to both of you, to all of you guys, but – I got the Angels at number three. Oh, my God. I got the Angels at – God. <laughs> Lennon barely speaks, but when he speaks, it's fire. <laughs> um, Are you serious? Here we go. Number two, Houston Astros. And number one, oh. the Oakland Athletics. That pitching rotation is going to be phenomenal for the A's. Um, like I said, I think they got eight, seven guys that could hit 20-plus homers um, this upcoming year. Uh, the A's are going to come out in the AL West. Well, to, you know, fifth – I'm going to have the liability squad of the Rangers. I honestly think it's hit or miss with those guys, and their pitching rotation doesn't seem that good. You know, their starting rotation doesn't seem like they can hold it down. But, you know, I'm here. These are my words, and if they can prove me wrong, then for the better. 
because they're going to need to prove me wrong because I don't know. I don't see them making a lot of noise. Uh, and then I'm going to have the Mariners as well. Mariners, you know, they might be able to uh, outshine the Rangers. I feel like they have a lot more potential than the Rangers. Uh, if I'm going to say right now my third team, I'm going to put – Oh, man, this is a tough one. I'm going to have to go with the Astros. Ooh. The that's Astros. Bold. That's bold right there. Astros finishing third. Wow. Third bold. Okay. It's going to be a close race. It's going to be a close race. Do I think they have enough Falga and the Angels and the A's? I don't think they are. I like it. Second, I'm going to have to go with the California team of the Angels. Ooh. Hopefully they can. Hopefully they can get a wild card spot. You know, MLB usually says that, right? Let's see if they get it this time. But honestly, just think the A's have the bats, the rotation, and the bullpen to just take the West. All of these guys, and that's who I got coming out first. I would say the Rangers. At, okay, first I'm gonna say if you're not gonna win the division, you're not gonna be in the playoffs at all. It's either you're gonna win the Division or else you're not going to be like a wild card team. Agreed. Only one playoff team is coming out of this division. Mm-hmm. So I would say at fifth, I would say the Rangers. Fourth, I would say the Mariners. Third, I would say the Astros. Second, the Athletics. And then the Angels winning the division. But look, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out real quick. This top three could have gone either way. The Angels could have been third. The Athletics have been second, whatever, right? The A's could have been first. I feel like they're all going to be at the mid-80s range on wins and really be like one game back from first place, two games back from first place, really be like really close top three. Really could go either way, but I'm hoping that the Angels could squeeze in that division right there by like one win. So, Lennon, jumbled up top three. Is there a play-in game for the division? Is there a game 163? You know, I was just AL thinking West. that. Can Don't we get like 164? I'll make it more cooler, like more exciting. I was, I would say so. Can we get a 1v1v1? Mike Trout hits four <laughs> home runs that game too. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> and Otani. With four perfect games. And, and the Angels lose 9-4? <laughs> that- perfect game. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! He, Mike Trout is four homers, but Shohei doesn't. Shohei doesn't get an out. <laughs> okay. Hey, Mike Trout blows the game. <laughs> Mike Trout's only uh, career hit in the playoffs is a solo home run, so you're kind of spot on there. Yeah, Len, that's all he does in the playoffs: hits homers, and that's it. And like one he goes home. One for one like for what, twelve. 12. <laughs> yeah, one for twelve. The home run. So small, small sample size. Small sample. Size. Yeah, small sample size. Yes. All right, Garrett, our guest. All right. Bring us home with the prediction. Of course. Okay, so, uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I think the Rangers can be the worst team in baseball. You almost convinced me with the Mariners being the worst team in the division just because what happened with, you know, the president, and they're not going to be really wanting to play for much this year. But, I mean, I just think they just have better players than the Rangers. So, I think that they do finish in fourth, the Mariners. Uh, And then third, I'm going to go with – the A's. Uh, I think this is the year that they run out of their magic. I don't know. I just uh, their pitching rotation is excellent, but um, well, I don't know. 
I don't know. It, I, it can go anyway. I agree. And um, second place, I I'm not going to be too much of a homer here. It's I'm going to go with the <laughs> Angels. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm going to go with the Astros winning it. Uh, and I do, I know you said you only see just the, just the division winner, but I can see a scenario where the angels, uh, get that second playoff. I think that the, um, angels and the Astros are just going to beat up on those last two teams. And then the A's are just going to be kind of average. And then, uh, yeah, they'll both be able to sneak into that, uh, high eighties win mark and, possibly sneak into a second uh, war card, but we'll see. Alrighty. But we'll see. We're going to get into we watch baseball. We're going to yeah. end uh, in just a moment, but we have a very short game to play. Um, it's, it's very different than most games. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just going to be absolutely fun to dissect these one, two, three, four, five fun questions that I got for all of you. So we're going to begin with one that I saw a picture of. Um, actually, all these were, were inspired by one of the MLB Network shows that I had on today. Um, not sure what it was, which one it was, but pretty fun stuff. So free agent shortstops is loaded for next year yes. in 20, after 2021. Which one of these guys are you signing? Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Francisco Lindor, Javier Baez, Trevor Story, Marcus Simeon. I'm going to take Lindorski on this one. You're taking Lindorskis? I'm going Lindor. That's my pick. And, and no analysis on it. I'm just saying Lindor. Yeah. I'll go Seager. After that postseason? Some recency After bias After this there? season, watch. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Let's see it. Garrett, okay. what do you got? Um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, I think the two best shortstops in the league are both in that class. Uh, the one you picked and uh, the other guy, uh, Trevor Story. That's who I'm going with. Um, I, I think he could do it outside of Colorado, and I think he is possibly the best shortstop in the league. So, yeah, I'd go with Trevor Story. Wow, we have three different picks. Lennon, are you going to potentially pick a fourth? I know you're not picking Baez, but who – are you picking – you're not picking Correa. I would pick Lindor. Switch hitting – Good fielding and a good bat, so yeah, indoor, all yeah. around. Agreed. All righty, here's a fun one. Who are you taking in a bench bench clearing brawl? Who do you want on your side? Rugnet Odor, oh. Amir Garrett, <laughs> Bryce Harper, oh, no. or Loriano? <laughs> oh, Loriano, there you go. <laughs> Loriano, I'm going with my boy Rugnet Odor. That dude single-handedly ended Jose Batista's career with that <laughs> right hand. That right hand was tough. That right hand single-handedly ended the entire Rangers uh, Blue Jays rivalry. <laughs> that was the culmination. Oh, that was okay. amazing. So you got a door. I'm going with Amir Garrett. This man Amir Garrett's literally team. took yeah, on the team. entire team. <laughs> yeah. Was, it the, was, was it the Pirates? It yeah. was the Pirates. Yeah. Well, he come on. Ready. It's the Pirates. You remember that one guy trying to give Week his his hat back? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh man. Okay, so we got two different picks there. Uh, Lennon, who you got? Odor, Amir Garrett, Loriano, or your fan favorite Bryce Harper, who threw a helmet and missed? I would want to say Harper, but he hasn't even landed a punch, so I would have to say Amir Garrett could fight like a whole team by himself. <laughs> Garrett, are you picking your twin? Yeah, I mean, I think Amir Garrett's the, the <laughs> obvious answer here. The guy is absolutely massive and clearly does not have much fear. Uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's my pick. All righty. 
Who are would you, you going? <laughs> who are you going out? Who wouldn't you want on your side? Who would you? Who would you want? No, I said, who wouldn't you? Was his name Pebblebond? <laughs> Started choking Bryce. Okay. Uh, who are you going out to town with after a game? G-Man Choi, Yasiel Puig, Todd Frazier, Mike Trout. Who are you hitting town with after a game? I mean, man. Okay, those are really, really good. Love G-Man Troy. Love Yasiel Puig. Like, those guys would be so much fun to hang out with. But I, I have to pick Mike Trout. He probably wouldn't have, like, the most memorable night of all time. But, like, go home, get, get a grilled cheese Mike and some tomato soup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hanging out, hanging out with Mike Trout just to be able to talk to him. I don't know. It'd be cool. All right. That's, oh, that's fair. That's why I added him in there. I wanted a nice yeah, night. Yeah, that's fair. The other guys would be more fun. Nice night out. All right, so Garrett goes with Trout. Jacob Lennon, who you guys got? G-Man Choi, Yasiel Puig, Todd Frazier, Mike Trout. Todd Frazier's a little say, too old to be going out with. <laughs> I would want to say – Todd um, father. Yeah. Trout, but <laughs> I would have to say Puig, honestly. You're too young to hang out with Puig. Like, what would you and Puig even be doing? <laughs> I pick, PlayStation? <laughs> I'm, I'm picking Puig, too. I just want to see yeah. how crazy that guy gets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just vlogging that whole experience. Yeah, um, it's tough not to go with Puig for sure. It's a good pick. I mean, That's I would go with Trout too just because it's Trout. But yeah. yeah. hypothetically speaking, I feel like Puig would just like, – it'd be absolute madness. G-Man Choi might be a, a shock though too, you know. You, you think know. so? That Why? Guy's fun. That guy's wild. <laughs> Seems like a good, good fun guy. Yeah. Seemed random to me when I heard it. Yeah. All righty. We got two more questions before we end this. So the next one, who are you getting fashion advice from? Fernando Tatis Jr., Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor, or Mookie Betts? Betts for sure. For sure, for sure. Lennon betting on Betts. Okay. I would have Tatis mm -mm, mm -mm. give me the drip so we can go <laughs> with Puig. Look at those chains. Okay. Yeah. You're going with Tati? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Francisco Lindor. I don't know. I don't really have a basis for why. I just saw him in uh, his Mets uniform. He looks pretty, pretty sharp in the blue and orange. I know this is fashion, but he looks, he looks, he rocks a baseball uniform pretty well. That's true. I'm going to roll with Jacob and take Fernando as well. All right. Or last bias. question. Yeah. No one wanted him. No. <laughs> last question. Who are you starting a franchise with? Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, or Ronald Acuna Jr.? I'm debating between Acuna and Soto right now. I knew you well, were taking Soto's Tatis. always, oh, like, the best bat. Yeah, for yeah. sure, but Acuna's, like, the best, like, power and good fielder with speed. Are you kidding me? Like, Tatis is – Tatis is all – He's going to die down. I'm telling you, he's going to die down. No. He's going to have, like, an all right year next year, get injured, and not be good ever again. The only reason why Tatis oh would go down is because his manager would tell him to not swing at the pitch. <laughs> I mean, there's no wrong choice, right? But uh, I mean, I'd go with – I want the swagger Tatis brings. But then again, it's like, oh, Soto is also pretty, pretty good. I'd go with Soto. I'm taking Soto. Yep, I am going Soto as well. I think he is yeah, the best hitter of the bunch, uh, probably the worst defender of the three. But, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, I mean, on base, power. I mean, he's doing it at such a young age. I think he's only going to get better. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Soto's the best of the three. Lennon, who you got? I want to see Soto, but honestly, Acuna, 5-2 player, and center sure. fielder, I feel like is the best place to start with the team. Nice. I'm going to disagree with both of you, or all of you, and I'm going to go with that piece. I think shortstop, premier position right there. Yeah. Um, and I'm taking all the marketing that he brings with it with him. Yeah. Um, TV deals are going to be through the roof. Fans are going to want to come see this kid play. Uh, I'm taking him, and that's that's going to wrap it up. Any any last words, Jacob Lennon Garrett? Um, well, I, I guess I could say thank you uh, for having me on. It was super fun to be able to talk iOS and be able to spill my thoughts on the Angels. I know it probably went a little overboard, but uh, definitely took advantage of the opportunity and appreciate you guys. A hundred percent. You will. There's no such thing be, as overboard. You, back. you for sure will be back. Uh, oh, and Garrett's celebrating his birthday tomorrow, obviously. So happy. That's birthday. right. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Hope you have a happy good birthday. Day. Yes. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. You and Trout have fun. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try my best. Jacob, what were you going to say? Uh, well, I like to end the show by thanking those of you listening. Thank you for sticking all the way. If you did. I know uh, I was getting a lot of constructive criticism for last podcast. I'm trying out here. I'm trying. (laughs) You got hammered out there? What happened? Well, I had, you know, they let me know. They let me know. Okay. I was doing good. Once the recording stops, we'll we'll talk. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk. (laughs) That's good fans, you know. know. Yeah, good fans. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, so, uh, we love you guys all. Garrett, it was fun. Well, there Absolutely. you have it, Billy. Absolutely. It has been a blast to have Garrett join us. Uh, Jacob and Lennon, as always, a pleasure to have you uh, do this podcast with me. This has been another edition of Baseball Chatter, and we broke down the AL West for you today.